Hi, this is Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast. Welcome to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. I used to produce and edit the Google Teacher Podcast, hosted by Matt Miller and Casey Bell. You can enjoy the podcast once again, and be sure to visit the new website, chrisnessy.com slash googleteacherpod. Please note that any of the show note links mentioned in the episodes are no longer valid, but if you go to chrisnessy.com, dot com slash Google Teacher Pod, you can search the archive and check out the show notes for each and every episode of the Google Teacher Podcast. Thank you for your continued support, and may the Googles be with you. Welcome to the Google Teacher Tribe Podcast. Your source for the latest news on Google for education, tips, tricks, and teaching ideas you can use in class tomorrow. And here are your hosts, Matt Miller from DitchThatTextbook.com and Casey Bell from ShakeUpLearning.com. What what is this song? It's like Jimmy Mac. Oh wait a second! I think I know what this is. <laughs> yes. So um, yeah, the the things that are in my mind, the things that take up all of this this useful space are not all that useful, but they're funny. So right. you know, the more like I call you Jimmy Matt, and the more that stuck in my head, I'm like. You know, and I think I even said earlier, it'd be way more Texas if you were named Jimmy Mac, um, <laughs> Billy Mac or, or Earl or something like that. But right. I was like, why is Jimmy Mac in my head? Because I don't know anybody named Jimmy Mac. But then the song popped into my head. Oh, Jimmy Mac, are you coming back? And I just started like <laughs> cackling. These are the things that I do, folks. Like I just start. There's all kinds of inside jokes in my head, but since so uh-huh. many people have caught on to the Jimmy Matt phenomenon, mm-hmm. I thought I should share the wonderful song. And it's a great song from uh, Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. And uh, so now everybody can sing along, only you're going to say Jimmy Matt instead of Jimmy Mac. <laughs> That's right. There you go. All right. I'm going to have to learn the words to this song now. I'll have to like download it onto my phone and listen to it on the way home or something. Oh, yeah, it's complicated. And someday we will do Jimmy Matt karaoke, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Don't hold your breath on that one. (laughs) So we we actually have a non-Jimmy Mac related, non-music related uh, episode for you all today. And we're going to be talking about specifically about Google Forms add-ons. So if you do Google Forms, which is obviously Google survey tool, there's a lot more that it can do. And I think sometimes when people hear about add-ons, they're kind of scared off by the idea. But really, a lot of the things we're going to talk about today, um, once you know what they do and you kind of tinker with them a little bit, it's kind of amazing what is possible. And you can, of course impress your friends, uh, win friends and influence people and all of that stuff with these add-ons. So we'll be talking about that. We'll have news and updates, of course, as long as, as well as mailbag feedback from our listeners and a couple of blog posts. So 
All right, Casey, you ready to get started? Let's go. All right, let's dig into some Google news. And one thing that has come across our desk, so to speak, on Twitter has to do with this really cool YouTube channel that we have stumbled upon. Google for Education tweeted out about this and it said, check out Project Upgrade a video series from the Merrill Twins where they set out to design, code, and build with the help of some brilliant female coders, engineers, and mentors from companies across STEM, which sounds like such a cool thing. And if you go check out this YouTube channel, you'll see that they have a variety of these little videos and they're they're composed by these two girls. And, um, you know, this is just kind of a running theme that adds even more resources to something that I know Casey and I uh, feel pretty strongly about. And that is uh, encouraging our girls to go into math and science and STEM and coding and engineering and all of that stuff. And so uh, just being able to see a couple of, you know, a couple of young ladies that are interested in that and how they've gotten in contact with some women who are out in the workforce doing that as well, um, I think could be a really huge encouragement to, to girls all over the place. So I really, really like this, this YouTube channel. Yes, I love this idea. And so the, the link in the tweet actually goes to their playlist. So there's really fun ideas here. And I love the fact that it's so easy now for students to publish and share things on, on YouTube or whatever platform it is. But for us to, to be able to share this and then to pass this on to our students as an example. So, you know, helping other students in our classrooms to access these types of resources and let them know, hey, this is a possibility, whether you want to code, whether you want to have a YouTube channel, whatever it is. So right. love it and love the fact that Google is is supporting that and, and encouraging young girls and women to code. Mm -hmm. So um, the, the next thing that I want to share is another one of those little awe moments for me. Let me tell mm -hmm. you, I am a dog lover and this is Pup View from the home of Japan's Akita dogs. And so the Akitas, oh my goodness. I just want to get my hands on one of these right now. They are so <laughs> stinking cute. And so what they have done now is you can go into street view and see these dogs in their natural habitat, in the snow, in the mountains uh, of northern Japan. These big fluffy dogs that are, are incredibly loyal are all built into street view. You know, I, I feel like we we almost always have the arts and culture thing that pops up in the news. Street view is another one that that seems to, to be really getting a lot of updates and the ability to, to build these types of things in. So they do have some video in here. And of course, it's 360. So you can explore this in 360 through through Street View and see these these adorable dogs. Uh, I'm distracted now. Let's just put it that way. Oh, you got to go see the dogs in 360. You got to go try it. It's it's good stuff. Now, uh, sticking to the the idea of some some really nice visuals. This was not as good of a transition as I hoped it would be. It's okay. We're going to go with it. Um, so we're going to stick with the idea of video here and specifically the EDU and 90 videos that uh, Google's um, 
that, that Google for Education puts out. And these are those little short videos that are made for educators to give the give us ideas. And one thing that we do love about Google Classroom is that there are a constant improvements being made to it, but B, more and more services and more and more apps are starting to integrate with Google Classroom. And EDU in 90 spells out some of those new connections that you can make with Google Classroom, right? Yes. Since Google plays well with others, they they actually allow other applications to connect in and we get that beautiful share to classroom button. And so many applications now connect back to Google Classroom so that we can use our favorites all in conjunction with our favorite classroom tool here. And, you know, I've, I've blogged about this. And every time I blog about this, somebody's like, you left this off. I'm like, I can't, I can't even keep up anymore. It's not an exhaustive list, but there's so many, you know, that come out and several were just released. And I think that's why they, they just released this EDU and 90 was sort of to announce some of those. So there's, there's some exciting things in the works with Google Classroom. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And that's always such a high interest thing I know for everybody in the tribe, it seems. So, um, and of course, if you want to get more details about any of these news and updates, you can go to our show notes at googleteachertribe.com slash 49. Okay, y'all, let's jump into some forms add-ons. But before we really go deep here, I want to make sure that everybody understands what we're talking about. So you may be new to add-ons and you may be asking yourself, what are these? Where do I find them? That sort of thing. So let's just cover the basics here. So add-ons are basically these third-party tools that connect into your favorite G Suite applications. So they are developed by all kinds of people, sometimes even teachers create Mm -hmm. add-ons and they go into what they sort of call the add-on store. And you'll see a lot of similarities between the way we talk about add-ons and when we talk about extensions, although extensions are different, that's specific to Chrome. These are things that work within the application and they're different. So the things that work in forms, you know, are not the same that work in in docs and sheets and and those other things. But we do have add-ons for docs, sheets, slides, and forms. Did I leave anything off? I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. So, and, and slides is relatively new. We've talked about that before, but with forms, we have a whole other sort of set of tools that appear when you really go into the add-ons. So if you're wondering where to find them, First, go into forms. And if you're not familiar, you can go to forms.google.com just to go to the homepage. But in forms, you're going to look for the little puzzle piece. And so um, the puzzle piece is for add-ons. So if you have any add-ons installed, those will show up there. If you don't have anything because this is new to you, you're going to go into um, the three dots mm-hmm. and look for the puzzle piece there. And this sort of confuses me. I wish they would move this over to get add-ons and where the add-ons are stored to be in the same place. But I, cause I always tend to forget where it is and it's the three dots. And so when you click on add-ons, that's your little gallery that's going to pop up with recommendations of different add-ons to install. And just like in the other places where you go, whether you're in Chrome or whatever, you're going to see the green button, um, 
or wait, is that the right color? I, I already have that one installed. When you don't have it installed, it's blue. Right. And then you can click on it. And I I have yet to see a forms add-on that is paid. So I, I these are mostly free, so don't worry about that. But that's the general gist of it. And it'll ask for permission when you install it and, and all of that. Now, the other thing that I know is going to come up because Forms is a powerful tool, but the, when it connects to Google Sheets, it becomes even more powerful because once we have that data, there's so much we can do. But for today's episode, we are specifically talking about add-ons for Forms. And we will cover add-ons for Sheets at a later date. So, because I know everybody's going to be like, oh, but I use Autocrat and I use this. So we're going to stick to forms for today's episode. Yes, yes, absolutely. Trying to trying to simplify life as much as possible. So, yeah, so let's dig into some of these form add-ons. And I know once you get your brain wrapped around what add-ons are, this is the way that I, I was. Um, once I started to realize what they were, I basically saw them as they're kind of like additional superpowers that you can give your forms or in other tools, you know, additional superpowers, you give sheets or docs or whatever. And so we're going to take a regular form and figure out what is a superpower that you can give it. And the first one I wanted to talk about was one called Choice Eliminator 2. And so Choice Eliminator 2, it's one of the it's it's a pretty pretty popular, pretty well used, I think, uh, Google Forms add-on. And here's basically what it does. Imagine that you've set up a form for parent teacher conferences and you have it set up so that there is a question, like a multiple choice question with the little buttons next to it for the the different times that you're going to offer parent-teacher conferences, let's say at 3 o'clock and 3.30 and 4 o'clock and 4.30 and so on and so forth. Now, if you sent that form out and you let people sign up, what's to stop them from all signing up at the same time, right? You'll have like five people show up at 4 o'clock and go, oh, this was a really bad idea. But... If you install the Choice Eliminator 2 add-on, what it will do is it will let you limit how many people sign up for each slot. And so you could have, you know, one or two or three people at a for the same option. Or you could just, in this case, if it was parent-teacher conferences, you'd just want it to be one. And so once that one has been signed up for, Choice Eliminator will, ready for this, eliminate that choice out of all of the possible options for anybody else that signs up. So if you have 10 time slots and you have eight parents that have signed up, the next parent that comes along, guess how many time slots are going to be there? Just two. So having that available really gives you some flexibility and really makes your life a lot easier. I'm all about making my life easier, right? especially making teachers' lives easier. Yes. That, that's a great one. And of course, it's great for having students sign up for, you know, writing conferences and different things like that, too. So, so Choice Eliminator is a great one. Another one that I wanted to share, and you'll see this one probably highlighted when you go in, but it's called Form Publisher. And so one of the really common questions that I get about Google Forms is, how do I see what I submitted, right? And especially if it's a pretty long form, you know, sometimes you spend a lot of time. <laughs> maybe it's a proposal that you're sending in, or maybe students are composing short answers and things like that. But you want the respondent sometimes to see what what they actually shared. And so what Form Publisher will allow you to do is publish 
those answers to the form in another format. And so it gives you a few different options. So again, when you go into your your three dots and go to add-ons, most likely you're going to see form publisher somewhere near the top here. It's got a purple icon. And you can watch the video by they have a video that will walk you through every step of the way. But it's going to allow you to save those submissions either as a doc, a sheet, a slide, or a PDF document. Mm. And then you can email it to who, whoever submitted it. And so this actually can be used for a lot of different ways. But in one way, it's something that I've used Autocrat inside Google Sheets for. Um, mm. to, you, can, you can do something similar there. But this is built into forms. And, and that allows me, for instance, when I have proposals for a conference, that's something big because people don't always remember what they submit tip, you should always draft it somewhere else and copy and paste just in case. But um, a lot of people can't remember or like, I don't know what I submitted and you want to see that in a format. The other thing is, is I have used forms to have teachers submit lesson plans. Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of hard to view inside a sheet and other places. You want to see it in a one sheet format. And so those types of things that you're gathering in your form, whether that's survey data, um, whatever it is that you're gathering from students or parents or the community can then be published into a doc sheet, slide or PDF. Now I'll tell you, I haven't tried all of these yet. So I'm definitely not an expert. So if anybody out there in the tribe has some tips for form publisher, or if you've tried it, um, especially with the slides, um, because a lot of people ask that question, how to publish something onto a slide. So I'm interested to see who's tried that. Yeah, yeah. And I know with Form Publisher, there there really are some cool implementation ideas for it. Like uh you know, you've got you've got the uh the standard essay that that students have to do a lot of times, you know, like your introduction and your uh three ideas and your conclusion. And I know some teachers <laughs> love that and some teachers despise it, but um it it is still a very real thing in classrooms and Think about if you had to, to help students get used to that, if you had a form that said, what is your main idea? What are three of your, um, you know, three of your big points that you want to make? What is what are in and just kind of walks them through question by question. And then whenever they're done, it's gathered all of those pieces of that essay and you can use form publisher to kind of like put it all in in place. This is something that, that I've I've seen teachers use uh, Autocrat to do. And I could see doing something similar to that with Form Publisher maybe. But also another thing is um, kind of like what you were saying, Casey, if you've got professional development or even in the classroom, if you want to have um, you know, your teachers or your students reflect on everything that they've learned and then email them uh, their copy of those reflections that they can hang on to for later, that could be really powerful. So, so yeah, Form Publisher, definitely a good one. Now there's another one I wanted to talk about. This is this is kind of neat too. I know of some teachers in some classrooms, uh, library media specialists, this this one goes goes over well with them too. Um, where you've got something that you need to check in or check out. Sometimes it's equipment. Sometimes it's students, like if they go to the restroom or if they leave school or if they need to leave class or whatever. There's a really neat way to do this in Google Forms. And you can use the Check It Out add-on. And so the Check It Out add-on basically works like this. 
So you've got a list of either students or Chromebooks or books or some sort of equipment or whatever. And what the Check It Out add-on will do is it will create two headings. It'll create an in heading and it'll create an out heading. And basically what you have someone do is load up this form, put their name in it, and then like let's say you've got some Chromebooks that they can check out. They just click on the one that they're about to check out and submit the form. And then once it does that, it moves that Chromebook from checked out to checked in or from checked in to checked out. So it's a it's a really neat automated way for you to keep keep track of your equipment. It could even be used, like I said earlier, for students as kind of like a bathroom or a checkout, check-in type of type of uh, log, so to speak. So that's that's one that could that could really make your life easier too. I think. Yes, that's that's a new one for me too. I knew that they, there was something similar that works in Sheets, but that's that's a huge request. It's so hard to manage the devices that we have. And so many people are looking for ways to do that. And so many schools are still forcing teachers to go to the library and pencil it in <laughs> on a piece of paper. So go digital, folks. That way everybody knows what is is actually reserved, right? I can't tell mm-hmm. you how many... How many arguments I have seen in schools over who had what, right? Right. Now, um, the other thing that I wanted to mention, this one's actually new to me as well, but it looks really cool. So there's an add-on called Certifyum. And so, again, because forms itself is becoming more powerful on its own that you don't have to do so much just in in sheets with the data that you can do things inside forms what this is going to do is going to help you create certificates based on Ooh. the data cer- that is is submitted through the form and they have ready-made templates that you can add. You can determine what the passing grade is to get it. So if if you're using this in the classroom and maybe you're giving a certificate for some sort of accomplishment, maybe it's a badge uh, type of certificate as well. So you can link those two together. And of course, I know what Matt's thinking. In our world, as, as people who lead professional development, we give certificates for attending mm-hmm. different types of conferences, right? Like yes. it's that, that uh, textbook conference and other types of things. Ed camps use these all the time. So it's great to get a little evaluation and feedback on whatever happened at the the training session or the ed camp or the conference. And then you can tie that to their certificate that will magically be emailed to them. And of course, if you want to get some more information about any of these, we do have some links and some more uh, resources for you at the show notes at googleteachertribe.com slash 49. The Google Teacher Tribe podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great education podcasts, go to edupodcastnetwork.com. 
All right, tribe, it's time to hear from you. And the voice of the tribe that we're going to be hearing this time comes from Sean Fahey, a fellow Hoosier educator, another teacher from Indiana, just like me. And Sean is going to be talking about a cool Google hack with Google Drawings that you can do and actually take a step further than we had it. So Sean, take it away. Hey, Matt and Casey. Just uh, listened to the podcast about Google Hacks, and I heard that you mentioned the insert a video into Google Drawings. Uh, you can actually take that step one further by inserting a video into a Google Doc. And to do that, you're going to do the same steps of inserting a video into Google Slides and copying that thumbnail video picture that it has there. And when you go to Google Docs, can't just paste it right in or it'll just be the image. But what you're going to do is you, is you go to insert drawing and then copy and paste that thumbnail into drawings. It will be like an embedded video there right in the Google Doc. And you just click save and there it is. And to watch the video, all you have to do is do double click a few times and uh, you will be able to watch that YouTube video or video from Drive right there into Google Drawings. Uh, this is really great if you're creating a hyperdoc or other type of lesson activities in Google Docs. Take that hack one step further by inserting into Google Docs. Ah, yes. This is such a good suggestion. And I didn't realize that it would go as far as all the way into Docs. And um, Sean, I actually have to give Sean a special shout out here because he was the one that I heard about the the Google Drawings hack. He, I, I heard it from him first. And uh, now he's actually taken it a step further. And boy, this this really is a nice feature to be able to add on to HyperDocs, isn't it, Casey? It is. It's a great idea. And in fact, it's a great segue into our next question, right. which has to do with this. So the, the question comes from Becca Pierce in North Carolina, and she's actually a new listener. So thank you, Becca, for, for listening to us and being a part of the tribe. But she is is really investigating HyperDocs. And what she discovered was that as she's making a copy of some of these, there are Google drawings that are actually embedded inside a Google Doc. And so this is what her question was, is how how do you do this? How do you, how do you recreate this? And she has students who... Um, who are trying to do some things with fractions and type in answers, but she hasn't been able to recreate it. So to answer your question, Becca, the, the insert drawing feature works inside docs and sheets. And if you go up to the insert menu and click on drawing, this is where you get a pop-up window of Google drawings. And again, I, I always say this, but I feel like a lot of people don't understand what drawings is because it looks so plain when you initially open it. And the toolbar is a little even smaller and more limited when you open it inside the dock. It looks just a little bit different than a, when you go straight to drawings. But this is where you can do those types of things. So for instance, I always use the, the example of creating a Venn diagram. And because it's really easy and quick to do. You can go into the shapes, you know, and insert your two overlapping circles and create a Venn diagram that is then editable. 
and it's inside that Google Doc. So if that's a hyperdoc or just a document that kids are working in, they can use the the value and the features of Google Drawings, but use it inside a doc. And so they can go in and add text boxes and do those types of things that you can't do in docs. Or if you've ever tried, you have pulled your hair out like I have. <laughs> so um, it's just it's just a special feature, and it's a it's a really unique feature, and especially inside hyperdocs that are so interactive it can really be powerful. Yeah, that is an amazing feature. So uh, thanks again to Becca and to Sean for adding something to the the tribe today. And if you've got something that you want to share or a question that you want to ask, feel free to Google go to googleteachertribe.com uh, to leave us a voice message or shoot us a message. And of course, you can always use the GT Tribe hashtag on Twitter. So we would love to hear from you. Let's take a look at what's going on on the blogs and in the blogosphere, as we like to call it. So, Matt, you have a very interesting post from Catelyn Tucker. Yes, I do. I love Catelyn's blog and I love her just perspective on teaching and learning and, um, you know, helping kids to take control of their learning. And she's got this great post called Students Learn More When They Do the Work. And I won't give away all of the details here, but she outlines the the traditional teacher-led approach where the teacher assigns the work and collects and everything. And then she compares it to a student-led approach where the student writes and then submits something um, to Grammarly to get feedback. This is sort of like a, a writing activity. And then the teacher provides and something and the student reflects. It's kind of a, a vague way of, <laughs> of explaining this post. But I love the fact that she's giving us yet another way to put learning and to put responsibility in the student's hands instead of trying to do it all ourselves. So definitely go check out that post by Catlin Tucker. Fabulous post. And she is a great one to follow and has some amazing books as well. So so be sure that you, you follow Catlin. Now, I have a little bit of a selfish share today, but all goes well. Of course, we're recording slightly ahead of time, folks. So I am just a little bit paranoid that <laughs> this is not the exact date. But my book is supposed to come out this week. Woo! Yay! Yeah. I am so excited and and worried and scared and stressed, and I'm just putting myself out there. But um, as, as long as everything goes as planned, it will actually be available by April 4th. However, pre-sales should still be going on before then. So go to shakeuplearningbook.com to learn more about the book and how you can make the learning in your classroom more dynamic. Yeah, I love this idea. I've gotten to take a little sneak peek at this book. And I love the idea of dynamic learning so that learning doesn't stop when it gets turned in. And just a, a lot of the things that technology can can do to really shake up learning. See what I just did there? <laughs> right. So I yeah, definitely a book that you wanna that you wanna check out. And so this is this is a great way to get on the shake up learning book bandwagon right away. All right, folks. So now you have some new Google Forms superpowers. Like I was saying earlier, you can impress your colleagues, impress your students, impress your friends 
with all of the things that you can do with forms that it wasn't intended to do originally. And so if some of this stuff is new to you, definitely go tinker with it a little bit. Go Go, uh, you know, maybe install one of these add-ons and just give it a shot and see how it works. And you may find that they're not as scary as you may have thought that they were. Yes, and absolutely. Let us know what you find and discover because we barely scratched the surface. Mm-hmm. We covered four just because we don't have enough time in this episode to cover everything and really go into depth. But we learn just as much from you as you learn from us. So please keep sharing and let us know what your favorite add-ons are for forms or for anything else we we love to continue to make that connection and of course if you're a fan of the show please leave us a little bit of a review on itunes if you're listening in itunes and that helps other teachers find us as well yeah so we are putting a bow on another episode and we will see you next time on the google teacher tribe podcast bye y'all Thanks for listening to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and by visiting googleteachertribe.com. Get in on the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag GTTribe. Until next time, keep harnessing the G Suite power, and may the Googles be with you. Thank you once again for listening to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. For the latest on Matt Miller, be sure to visit his website, ditchthattextbook.com. For the latest on Casey Bell, be sure to visit her website, shakeuplearning.com. And to keep up with me and get the latest in education technology, be sure to visit my website, chrisnessy.com. And I invite you to listen to the House of EdTech Podcast.